0: hey guys it's charles with the barbershop group podcast i'm glad to be back with you all uh today friday i hope that you all are having a great afternoon preparing for the weekend i know that it's getting cold all around the country now even in the southwest portion Uh, i'm glad because i'm always jealous of people who are out in california and texas and all of those places with their warm weather oh and florida so florida you guys have fun i know it's still warm down there but uh you As you all know, uh, we try to talk to men all over the place, around the world. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter if you're black, white, American, British, Australian, Christian, Muslim, Jewish. Hey, we've got something for everybody. And today we're talking to the Muslim community. In fact, we're talking about Muslim men and those in the Muslim community because we feel like we don't do that enough. We probably should do that a little bit more. And uh, we got some some. Hurdles, yeah, I'll just call them hurdles. Uh, but we definitely look forward to doing it more, uh, guys. Before I begin, I like to tell you, if you only follow us on Instagram, you're missing out on some wonderful articles that we publish on Twitter and Facebook. Every week, we comb through about two to three hundred articles uh, that we think are important for guys and those who love them. Whether it's sports, mental health and wellness, spirituality financial issues, all kinds of things out there. We put it out there just to kind of inform you. And we include a little bit of humor as well. I don't know if you guys saw it, but not too long ago, we saw a man rescue his dog from a kangaroo. And uh, yeah, if you haven't seen that video, you got to check it out. But uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter or Facebook as well, okay? Uh, In addition to that, you can sign up for our alerts and updates on our website at www.thebarbershopgroup.org. So that's a little homework for you, but we know that you guys can handle it. So having said that, we'll get started. You know, guys, I love to tell stories, and um, I've got a wonderful story to tell you guys. But first, I would like to introduce you to our guest this, uh, this Friday, we have uh, Sister Rabab Alma, okay? Who's a psychotherapist out of uh, Pennsylvania. It seems like I'm starting to get a lot of people on the show from Pennsylvania right now. But she's over in Pennsylvania doing some great work um, with individuals and couples out there. And uh, she's also, excuse me, <clears throat> she's also an adjunct professor uh, at Villanova University. So, some of you guys are familiar with uh, Villanova. I know I was always a Villanova fan back in the day, uh, watching basketball. So, that's great. Sister Rabob, how are you?
1: I'm good. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's a little bit chilly in Pennsylvania here. <laughs>
0: right, right. I know yeah. the weather's starting to change out there, so.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> with, 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 with the daytime savings also, the days are shorter and the nights right. are
0: <laughs> oh man yeah days days are days are shorter nights are longer and colder yes. right yeah.
1: yes yes. Um,
0: yes so so yeah thanks for so, for spending some time uh with us today you know um you know i said uh, i have a story to tell you guys you know uh, probably i would say hmm it's 2019 i'll go back about 16 or 17 years i'm living in new york and um I was at a mosque in New York, a lot of Muslims from all over the world. And um, they they called it upstate New York. I don't really consider it upstate New York. But um, Muslims from all over the world for the Friday prayer coming in. And uh, it was a pretty cool scene. You know, a lot of guys that I knew and stuff like that. But at the end of the prayer service, I saw something interesting. Now, I knew that every Friday or every other Friday, we would have uh, a van filled with um, clients who were in a residential treatment program for addiction, okay? Mm -hmm. They would always come out. Some of them were Muslim. Some of them were learning about Islam. Some of them just kind of wanted to get away from the rehab facility, right? I get it. Uh, But on this particular day, there was a young lady who was getting some of the clients into the van as they were getting ready to uh, depart. And she was wearing a hijab. She was wearing a scarf. And um, she was speaking Urdu. And I was like, oh, that's cool. She's working with addictions clients. That's pretty neat. Because I mean, where I was from, you didn't really see a lot of Immigrant children working in social work related fields at the time you just didn't I mean you saw doctors You saw lawyers accountants stuff like that, but they weren't chemical dependency counselors, right? So I walked up to her uh, To talk to her about the work that she was doing because it was something that I was interested in uh, Before I started, you know going to school for it, right? So she was like, "Uh, yeah No, I'm not a worker and I was like, oh, Oops. And I mean, you could hear a pin drop. I was like, uh, my, I'm sorry. And all of the other Pakistani aunties who were sitting over on the side, sister of Bob, they started to look at the girl, like, mm-hmm. They, they really, you could tell that they had some, some things that they wanted to say, but instead they communicated with, with their eyes. And it dawned on me that she was also a client. Yeah. She was a client. And, even I at that time uh being a little bit naive was just like whoa you mean to tell me you're you're Pakistani American Muslim and you're a client in this program like that doesn't happen yeah yeah sure <laughs> You're
2: right <laughs> <not. laughs>
0: But sister Bob, but but it you know, and we I mean we're laughing about, about this, but it does happen. Oh it, yes,
1: it, a it, lot. I mean a lot. We don't talk about it. That's a different story.
0: Mm, yes. Yeah, yeah, so
1: it does happen.
0: Why aren't Why aren't Muslims talking about it?
1: Well, I mean there are a lot of reasons. in, t- in general, m- mental health issues for Muslims is like a, a taboo. We don't talk about it. It's a stigma. Mm yeah because one day i walked at this Arabic store and and he said uh, i said i'm a psychotherapist he said, oh so you work with the crazy oh. <laughs>
2: wow I said, no
1: i have a therapist myself mm. so i'm not crazy <laughs> i said no therapy is for everyone so i started just explaining to the guy therapy is for everyone it is not crazy right so, this idea that uh, therapy is for crazy, for people who are not stable, for and um, we kind of stigmatize people and kind of put them in the corner. These people are crazy, so don't deal with them. So mm-hmm. no one wants to be labeled as crazy. Right. So that's why they don't go to therapy. Plus, mm-hmm. this image of our family is perfect. You know, we are doctors. We are lawyers. We are professionals. We are, you know, so no, we don't have that issues. mm mm-hmm okay so it's that's why it's very difficult and then sometimes like I receive phone calls from people and say no we are a loving family we don't have any problem it's just this (laughs) little issue that happened from the outside somewhere somehow but no one is actually doubting that you are a loving family actually issues happen in loving families sometimes because it's too much love is going on too too much enmeshment Everyone,
0: right (laughs) right right so yeah. yeah no too much investment all oh, the stories i could tell anyway uh, but i won't i won't you know mr rabab I, I i gotta ask you know what are some of the struggles that you face in the muslim community as a therapist
1: so first of all the stigma second um Uh, boys or men don't you should they should man up so the way we are raising I mean in general the community I mean we raise our children or um, our sons you need to man up you need to be a man don't cry don't show emotions you need to be uh, the man of the family blah 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 but then when they get married oh why aren't you be so emotional with your wife (laughs) why aren't you romantic so I mean you raise them for 30 years to be just I mean, with no emotions, and then suddenly he's going to be, you know, emotional and can express his love. I mean, this is like mixed messages. Right. So I think it's the way we deal with our, we deal with emotions as if it's a girly thing. Yes. And it's not a girly thing because men and women, don't we all both have hearts, emotions? Because mental health is about feelings, thoughts, and behaviors. And we all have that. That's right. So as long as we have thoughts and feelings and then we behave accordingly, then we need to take care of that to be yeah. able to uh, strike a balance in our lives. And that apply to, applies to men and women.
2: Yeah. So okay.
1: men, uh, for instance, you will see, for instance, women have this support, they call each other and they have, men don't do that. Men, when okay. they sit together, they support <laughs> sports. Maybe women and their adventures. Right. Maybe some uh, cars or whatever it is. But they do not talk about their emotions because I mean it's not appropriate. It's not like, he is not a man enough. Right. but I, You'll be surprised to tell you that I have like around maybe fifty percent of my clientele base are women. Yeah. And and I'm happy to see that because people are acknowledging that they have emotions. They have they they, they need to deal with that and. Mm-hmm the best way to do that is going to a professional,
2: right? Absolutely. So,
1: and, and I have a, 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 a story when someone, and of course he gave me the permission to talk about it that he was going through some uh, issues in his life and he was uh, faced with a couple of options. And then he, he, he told me that he emailed 17 therapists. Wow. And then he said that, Oh, everyone emailed him back and, he found a way not to contact him back. But I did not email back. I called.
0: You call, yes.
1: <laughs> so when I called and he picked up and we were talking, I was asking him questions and, uh, and then he felt comfortable talking. Right. And then he came and uh, although we talked and there was a connection on the phone, when he came and he said, he, said he was in his car, said, what am I doing here? Why? I mean, he was still doubting himself. Mm. And then... He came in and then, maybe May, April, and two, three months into therapy, and he said this was the best decision I've ever made. Wow! Because he saw the progress, he saw that he saw how things have shifted, his perception of himself. And of course, again, I took uh, permission. I don't talk about my clients, but this particular one, he gave me his written permission, so that's why I'm talking about it. Yeah. And he actually told me, "I want you to share it so other men." can hear that and be encouraged to go to therapy, right? But it became like, for him, it's like a, a message. It's like a, he wants to share that with everyone, that yes, go. It will make a difference. It will, it will, I mean, the self, his self, uh, sense of self, his self-worth, it, everything has shifted because he has all of that, but he just needed to tap into it. He needs that right. maybe safe environment to express himself and someone to be there to witness that, that progress and that uh, shift. You yeah. know, this is what we need. The minute we feel that someone is accepting us and listening and hearing us validating our story, then we start to change
0: right Real. absolutely absolutely you know early on when I would do some uh do some mental health like uh just symposiums just do mental health talks uh within the muslim community uh and this was some years ago all right, um there were a lot of people who they were on the fence sister abab they they did not really want to get involved they didn't know if this was something that was um permissible for them to do they had a lot of questions uh, from a theological standpoint so uh my question to you is uh, are there any religious texts out there that support therapy as a method of healing
1: so I have a couple of uh, I, I did collect some um, texts from the so in the Quran. If we remember that story when the Prophet was immigrating with Abu Bakr, his companion Abu Bakr, from, Medi- from Mecca to Medina, mm-hmm. and they were at the, in the cave, and he told him, it's in the Quran, say, "Don't be sad, Allah right. is with us." Yes. Yeah. He did not tell him, "What's up with you? I'm you, the Prophet. Man up! I mean, what's, what's wrong, bro?" <laughs> He didn't tell him that. He told him, don't be sad. <laughs> right. So he right. acknowledged his feelings.
2: Yes. Uh,
1: and, and another, another uh, uh, um, you remember the story of Moses and his mom when she put him in the, in the, in the river. Mm-hmm. And I was, um, imagine that for a mother to put her baby in the river right. and just kill right. him. And and the 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 and I'm reading from the verse because I just want to be accurate. It says thus did we restore him to his mother that her eyes might be comforted, that she might not grieve, and that she might not uh, know that the promise of Allah is true. So here, there is a couple of lessons here. So he did not tell her, you know what? I am your Lord, and I told you to do so. So just listen and right. shut up. <laughs> right? <laughs> he didn't say that. Allah subhanahu wa he, ta'ala He actually took an action He restored him He returned him back to her right. So she does not go through grief That means he addressed the feeling And take, took an action Right so, And this applies to psychotherapy You address the feeling and take right. an action
0: you Take an action, that's right yes. uh-huh. And
1: throughout the Quran, throughout the text You see that Allah and the Prophet Sallallahu alaihi He will tell you that uh, Reflect Think about what's happening. Look mm-hmm. into yourself. That's all what therapy is all about. Right. Reflect. That's right. Take, be aware okay. of yourself. So that's, there is no actually contradiction between taking the route of spirituality and the route of psychotherapy. With, from the Quran, you see that when mm-hmm. the prophet actually asked uh, refuge uh, with Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala from being sad and from misery and from uh, stress. He did. There is a hadith about that. So he, didn't, he, he never said that, oh, you need to man up and just have faith and go and pray. Although prayer and spirituality is, and also we in in in, in psychology we yes. do use spirituality, but it's not the only route. When again, when I break my arm, I make du- du'a and prayer that I will get better, but I go to the emergency room to get right. fixed the thing because I need to use my hand to write afterwards, or otherwise right. <laughs> I will not be able to do so. <laughs>
0: that's right. That's right. So, yeah. So,
1: so there is no contradiction, and that's why we need to talk more, educate more. There is no contradiction. Mm -hmm. Between having faith and actually use Allah's knowledge, including psychotherapy, because it's a science. That's right. In order to get better and feel better in all aspects of your life.
0: Right. Absolutely. Um, You know, I think about Muslims and and mental illness in the community. and We're talking about some of that, I guess, some of the opposition or maybe um, the confusion um, about therapy. You know, how large... Would you say uh, mental illness runs in the Muslim community? Do you is it is it hard to get numbers on there, or is it is it a bigger problem than what a lot of people like to admit? What are your thoughts about that?
1: So it's ha- very hard to get numbers because of I mean they don't report it and but I did collect some numbers here. I would think that the Muslim community, like any other community, they have problems, mental mm-hmm. health issues. Yeah. It might be different, different kind of problems yeah. you know, according to the community, but but they do have. So I have here some numbers uh, from the APA um, uh, American Muslims. Uh, they have this article American Muslims, and they they did some. Um, uh, Studies on the students in Chicago on mm. uh um, Handard Center for Health, and they said, for instance, just examples adjustment disorder. I mean, the number was 875 students, and adjustment is- disorder was 43 mm. percent. Uh, the students, there were 90 19 uh, percent. Anxiety, which is a big thing that I deal with in my practice because a lot of people have anxiety, yeah, 15 percent. Um, mood disorder, nine percent. I would I'm looking at these numbers and I'm not sure because, I mean, most of my clients, I see them with a lot of anxiety. So maybe the numbers are higher than that. But again, right. we, it's not reported in the Muslim community. So it's a little bit hard. There is a website, uh, the ISPU.org. Actually, it's in, based base of, of uh, Michigan. They have some information on mental health and surveys,
2: mm-hmm. bullying
1: and other kind of mental health issues. So that might give an idea. But we're still we still need more research, more surveys, more studies on mental health issues in the Muslim community.
0: Absolutely, um, absolutely. Well, guys, we'll see if we can uh, we can help you all out with that. Uh, you all are listening to Rabab Alma, a psychotherapist out of uh, the Pennsylvania area, doing some great work in the community there. She's also an adjunct professor at uh, Villanova University and uh, speaks ar- around the community about a uh, mental health and wellness issues so um you know i i wanted to ask you there there we know about several hotlines that people can call if they're in distress and going through things uh, are there any hotlines that exist in america for
1: muslims today yes actually there is the Khalil center k-h-a-l-i-l um it's actually based off chicago new york california in the bay area and los angeles and also in toronto so if you go to their website um khalilcenter.com there is uh the main line and there is the crisis line
2: okay
1: and here in pennsylvania we have icna islamic circle of north america they have the chef's clinic uh Mm -hmm. and they have certain days dedicated for um uh, mental health uh, you know services and it's a free service here in philadelphia so it seems like the Muslim community is, is going through that direction to provide um, free uh, services or like at a you know, affordable. I myself in my practice, I have allocated slots at, a, you know, lower rates for um, per month for clients because not everyone can, you know, because it's what you have a private practice and everyone can pay the full uh, charge. So I think it's, it's, it's a, it's a good idea to pay back to the community and provide these slots. And I know a lot of psychotherapists around the um, nationwide that they do the same thing. So yeah, to provide that for the community yeah
0: okay great. We'll definitely include that information uh, in yeah. the show notes uh, for everybody so i've got some questions that came from uh, from muslims um, that uh, that I know and then some just some random questions that came from through the through the email um, you know one question was how do you coax a family member uh, how do you coax a family member who you believe has mental illness to seek therapy so how do you <laughs> <laughs> you know, how do you trick them into getting therapy? That's a
1: good <laughs> question. <laughs> so, so you know, we know that people need to want to come to therapy. Right. I mean, no change or nothing will happen if someone is forced to do anything in life, not alone therapy. Right. We do also acknowledge that when someone has personality disorder, that this is the treatment, you manage the condition, and people usually don't consider that they have an issue. Usually the family member drags them into therapy. Mm -hmm. So we need to acknowledge that. For me personally, if sometimes when you invite the whole family, so it's kind of address it as a family issue and try to manage it through the system
2: mm-hmm. can uh, um,
1: set boundaries uh can I shift some communication skills work on the subsystems like the couples or the maybe the sisters or the siblings in this way that you can really um help them to attend some more like a healthier patterns in the family yeah. but also i think in general um you want to let your like you want to be loving like you want to approach your family member like i i really see something is going on are, are you okay like it's not a matter of you need to go i see a problem and uh, you look crazy or <laughs> no it's like I, I really see you struggling or something right. is going on so let's just try to figure out how to do so how to help you you yeah. know can yeah. i be that supportive person um you want to pick a a good time to talk about that you know Mm -hmm. you know and you want to maybe offer i will look for you i will look for you and find you someone maybe you can talk with Uh, right uh, maybe you can offer okay i will pay for it if you can do that you know you you can find and maybe we want to also avoid certain words again not to tell them crazy or maybe you are try try to diagnose i mean you call some people will call you with audio diagnosis like that
2: Yes. So are you
1: are you a mental health professional no, but I think she's bipolar and she has whatever <laughs> she has right so how would you get to someone when you're already telling them you you have all of this, you are actually giving all the DSN diagnosis right. <laughs> from right. the get go
2: and
1: yeah so i I think also normalizing it normalizing the issue and it's like uh, it's looking at it as a systemic or environmental or, or maybe a social issue because right. you know some of the stuff that all of, most of a lot of the mental health issues we experience because of incidents because of whatever happened in our life it's because of um, um, traumas so yes. this is environmental so we need to address it in a way that people feel that loved and accepted instead of accused yeah. and blamed
0: that's right. That's right. The approach. Right.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. You
0: know, I, I think about uh, a saying of Sheikh Abdul Qadr Al Jalani yes. uh, uh, from years and years ago, the Baghdadi scholar that he was. You know, yes. he wrote saying that um, as long as you are in this world, you are in a hospital.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay as long as you are in this world, you're in a hospital. And I think that that applies to every single human being on the face of the planet. Right. Yes. You know, when you think about a hospital, uh, we may be in a hospital, we may be on different floors, we may be in different wards, we may be taking different medications, but we are all in, in the hospital. And so I think that that's a good thing to remember when you're trying to Uh, get somebody in your family or a loved one or a friend or whoever it may be to go to therapy is uh, is to recognize that while you are pushing and pushing and pushing for somebody else to go to therapy, um, you could probably use a dose of it yourself. And I got to tell you, you know, in addictions counseling, one of the things that we always find very interesting is that, yeah, you have the addict, but you also have the other family members who Believe it or not, they—they they, a lot of times they don't even know that they have actually done some things, committed some actions that have 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 impacted the addict. Right? Enabling,
1: enabling. Yeah. Yeah. They,
0: you know, but not just enabling, sister. I mean, you know, it, it's funny. One thing that tends to happen with uh, with families of the addict, when we start talking about bringing the whole family together, you'll have individuals who are like, oh, pff, I don't want anything to do with it. Right. Uh-huh. And as. More of the history starts to come out, you figure out, oh, whoa, wait. So you were a nasty, you had bad character with this person before they were an addict. Like, look at how you've treated this individual. Okay. So you've got one person who's enabled the addict, you have another person who belittled the addict, you have another person. It's, yeah. So (laughs) we're all in the hospital, guys. Remember that. We're all in the hospital. So, you know. Um, what do you think, and I, know, and I know that there are Muslims out there who are struggling with things right now and they're not getting help, and, and obviously you have run into situations in, your, in your, uh, your practice and in your lifetime just dealing with everybody. Why do you think, what are some, some of the main reasons why Muslims who need help aren't getting help today?
1: Some of them don't know how. Yeah. Some of them um, are so afraid. They are full of guilt, maybe, and shame. Mm. Some people think, that, I mean, and I see that out of the Muslim community, that, yeah, I am tested. So mm-hmm. I should accept that test.
2: Mm, right.
1: You know what I mean? And the more I'm tested, it's a testimony that I have a, bit, a good faith. You, okay. you, you hear it from people. Yes. So, um, however, I, I, I try to challenge that because even in the Quran, it says that, what do you think of your Lord? So if you think that your Lord is going to continuously test you, he will continue testing you. Yeah. But if you, can, if you think that your Lord will give you prosperity and health, mm-hmm. then he will give you that. You will get yeah. what you expect.
0: Yes, that's right. That's right. And,
1: and, and, and if, if, if I am not tested, it does not mean I am a bad Muslim.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But some people view that because of sometimes some traditional teachings.
2: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: So tests, tests, and uh, uh, calamities and uh, tough time is a sign of good faith.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, so so right. th-
1: this is this is one of the things. The other one, they people sometimes they are ashamed to ask. They don't know where. Uh, some people uh, think that um, they don't know they are they are Muslim uh, therapists. And of course, any therapist can do the job. But sometimes when you are um, when you go to a therapist with the same background and they know their cultures, it's easier. You know what right. I mean? Right. So, for instance, if you go to my profile on psychology today, I link it to language and religion. And mm-hmm. so it's easier when you Google, uh, you will find that easier. Right. So right. Uh, psychology today might be a way to, to, to find people in your state for the particular issue you're looking for. Mm-hmm. The APA site, AAMFT, which is the LMFT, the, the marriage and family therapist. Right. Right. Um, um, here in the area of Pennsylvania, there are some uh, organizations that you will see uh, on the website, mental health uh, professionals, and I'm, I'm affiliated with like ICNA or there's ICRA or right. so, so there are now, there is this awareness. And I I mean, when I do lives, I talk, I go to therapy. So I want to normalize it to people. I'm right. a ther- I am go to therapy. I, 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 I will not be, <laughs> if you are a therapist, you need to go to therapy to keep, right. you know, right. Yeah, so you got to know I, what
0: you're doing and and what's you get in touch with yourself to get in touch with other people.
1: Absolutely, right? absolutely because you cannot take anyone beyond what you took yourself. Yes. You need to take continuously work on yourself to be able to help others if you're in the in in, in this mission of helping and and being there for people. Yeah. So um, you can always go to uh, your state, uh, to the board, and look for therapists. And there are uh, resources. Yeah. Um, nowadays, on social media, there are a lot. I mean, you can uh, look for certain, like anxiety, depression, whatever it is, and you will find some people, and you will That's look right. for referrals. Yeah. So yes, it's, it's and now it's a click away. So it's, it's a matter of having that, and actually reaching for help actually is a sign of strength, not weakness. Yeah. Yeah. You know to have the courage actually to be vulnerable, and you take the steps and go and invest time and money and energy and be vulnerable in in front of someone you don't know. Yeah, that takes a lot of courage. I, I, I yes, I, I I it's a lot of respect for these people, men yeah. and women.
0: It does. I'm so glad you mentioned that because you know one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite accounts of Abu Bakr and something that he said was that you know. He was really calling out people. He was saying, "Hey, look, those of you who can't show emotions, those of you who can't cry, be kind to those people who can." Okay. Absolutely. So, so if if you're a tough guy or a tough woman or whatever, and and, you know you can't let those emotions and feelings out, at least be kind to the people who who are getting that stuff out. Right. It's very important. It's extremely important. You know, another thing that you did not mention. And I will uh, will say something about because I know um, you know it's something that people have been impacted by. Is that a lot? I think too a lot of people were afraid of of coming out about issues uh, because, well, I mean, what's the ultimate punishment in Islam? Hellfire. And so you think about somebody who is an addict, or you think about somebody or any type of you know drug use, porn use, whatever the case may be, right? You know, when you combine or oh, you don't have enough faith and you're gonna go to hell, nobody has any incentive to go get therapy at that point.
1: <laughs> you know, that's an excellent point. Thank you for mentioning it. But actually, how are we? I mean, people, how, how are we to say that you are gonna be punished or you're gonna go to hellfire? Or I think, even on the issue with the suicide, by the way, I mean, there are, this is right,
0: this, that's uh, right. Yeah,
1: I mean, I mean, I have cases of. Messages refuse to do funerals
0: for those who, who yes, die by suicide. That's
1: right. Imagine the trauma for the family. Yes, you have the trauma, and then you have an additional one,
0: an additional trauma, right?
1: Yeah, you know. So, so who commits suicide without? I mean, they have mental health issues.
0: That's right. Yeah, yeah. So,
1: so, so, I think we absolutely have no right to judge others. Mm. We yeah. don't need to be compassionate and kind.
0: Right. Yeah. Somehow that gets lost. And, and I think, you know, Sister Rabab, I, I think that that's something that it doesn't just get lost among among Muslims. I think that that gets lost alo- among a lot of people who profess religious yes. beliefs. You yes. know, yes. I, 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 think, I think what a lot of people tend to do is they, they kind of reserve... That mercy and compassion for the elect few, <laughs> you know. Yes, yes. All
1: elect, all the, <laughs> all in all the, the, the 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 holy text, it always say that God is the most merciful, most compassionate, and He doesn't say except. Except. There's right. no exception.
2: Yes yeah so it's,
1: we, right. it's absolutely right. not not our place
2: yeah we need absolutely. to exercise
1: exercise compassion kindness mercy on all no exceptions yeah absolutely. young uh, uh, old um uh, people of faith people not in, in, people not in, in faith or whatever for everyone we need to be compassionate to everyone yeah. and just let god do his his thing is is not right. our thing, right
2: you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: That's not our specialty. Let's stick to our specialty. Our specialty in this life <laughs> to be kind, merciful.
2: Yeah,
1: and be understanding to each other. And even in the in the Quran, it says, uh, "Allah wa was talking to this prophet: If you were not kind and compassionate, people will not follow you. It That's isn't." Right. Like, he told him that. That's right. And yeah. if we are supposed to follow, then why can't we follow that? Follow the compassion, the kindness, the mercy, the understanding.
0: Right. Absolutely. No, I, I totally agree. You know, we're, we're running out of time, uh, sister, but I do have one more question, uh, from, uh, from our peanut gallery here. And that question is, um, how do you, you, cause you talk about family systems, right? So how do, you know, you break away from stigmas, uh, in the family, uh, when you need help as you, we have talked outside of doing, uh, the, the podcast just about, uh, enmeshment and codependency and all of those things, you know, um, there are so many Muslims out there who are, they're, they're, some of them are, are, uh, children of immigrants. Right. And they have, they have a different understanding of family values and how the culture is moving and, and what they're doing, uh, in America. Uh, and, and they're learning also that some of the things that mom and dad or auntie or grandmom or great grandmom or whoever did, they weren't healthy. How, what are some of the steps that they can take to kind of start to break away from uh, those toxic values if, if that's what they're dealing with?
1: Well, actually, this, I mean, I, I, I'm dealing with that at the moment. I think, I think it's about, first of all, acknowledging there is an issue. Mm-hmm. Second, deciding that you want to break away from that. Mm-hmm. Third, starting to set boundaries. Fourth, accept, expect that there will be pushback. Mm-hmm. Someone will get upset and it's okay. I often hear it in my practice. Oh, but so will get upset. I said, and? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> we got you.
1: Then? Yeah. So I think we need to take the heat. People will get upset in the beginning, but I I think the most important thing is consistency
2: Yeah,
1: because people will push and push and push to get you out of this new boundary that you are setting. But with consistency, you will bring them to another norm. Yes. And that needs support because sometimes we doubt ourselves. Sometimes we have this imposter syndrome. I cannot do it. Right. It's too much. It's too much pressure. That's why I encourage people to have a therapist, a support system while you are doing that because we cannot deny the amount or the level of the family pressure. It can be really, really high and intense.
2: Right.
1: And we need to do it incrementally also. We are not going to do from zero to hundred. We That's need, right. you know. So I, so, so there is a process for that, and I worked with many clients around that, and they made a lot of progress because once you put your head in something and you want to do it because for your own well-being, you are feeling that you need to break that cycle. It's not healthy. Yes you have that intention and consistency, you will be able to do it. And of course there are more into it. I'm just giving an, an overview, but yes, it is attainable. You can awesome. do
0: it. Well, Hey, there you go. I'm glad to know that. So guys, you all have been listening to Rabab Avna. Okay. A licensed marriage and family therapist out of, um, out of, um, Pennsylvania, guys. And uh, she's also an adjunct professor at uh, Villanova University. She specializes in uh, family therapy, anxiety, depression, life and cultural transition. So really important things for a lot of you guys out there um, listening. She's also an international life coaching consultant. So uh, make sure you guys check her out. Uh, You can get her website, Um, off of the show notes, or you can contact her via Facebook. She's also on Instagram and Twitter, as well as YouTube. So she is out there networking, guys. Uh, Rabab, we really appreciate you spending some time with us today. Uh, It was great to be able to talk about these issues. And I hope that uh, Muslims out there listening are are willing to maybe kind of consider Um, just delving a little bit more into this and normalizing the conversations, right? I, I, you know, put a little pressure on your imams to talk more about mental health, to partner with mental health specialists or create events in the community. um, You know uh, where people can come to the mosque and, and learn a little bit more, create support networks right there in your community. You don't even need a hotline in your community in order to, have a support group, guys. You can do that. You can meet at the library if they don't want you to meet at the mosque and talk about hairy issues. You can go to a restaurant somewhere. There are many other places for you to create those uh, those support networks. If you want that type of privacy, you don't have to do it online, okay? Um, those are just some some things that we know uh, we've had to do in different, um, you know, different areas around the country. So uh, guys, again, we hope that uh, you all will have a a great weekend, spend some time with your families, take care of yourselves. Um, If you are not working uh, this weekend, definitely, um, you know, just take a load off, do something enjoyable for yourself before Monday speeds back around. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, until next time, guys, uh, we'll see you soon. Be well now.
2: Thank you.